Welcome to River Radio and School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest here today is Debbie Walker from Maidenhead Great Park. Um, Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Um, So this morning, we are going to be talking about um, Maidenhead Great Park. The council RBWM wants to build over 2,000 new flats and houses on this 132 acres of green belt land leased by Maidenhead Golf Club. So we're going to be chatting about what that's going to mean for the community, um, what impact the recent vote by the golf club has had on the process, and is there anything we can actually do as residents to um, to stop this? So. Debbie, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us here on School of Parenting. Um, if anybody's got any questions, you can email Rachel at river.radio with questions for Debbie. Um, but Debbie, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and Maidenhead Great Park, the group? Hi, yes. Um, so I'm part of a group that um, formed the beginning of 2020 um, we're all uh, very concerned about plans to build uh, over 2,000 new homes on our green belt in, in, on the golf course near to the town centre. Um, and we uh, launched a petition at the beginning of 2020 asking local people to petition the council to ask them to, instead of building on that land, turn it into a park for everybody. And lots of people became aware of the campaign um, during the first COVID lockdown when they discovered the golf course for the first time. It was closed to to golf, so lots of people took their daily exercise there. Um, And it kind of gave a boost to our campaign because it raised awareness of the land that's there. So um, we formed this petition and we took it to the council and uh, at the beginning of this year, they voted on whether or not to keep the space green. And 19 councillors voted with us. They voted to keep it green. And 21 voted against. And were you expecting that result? Um, we were expecting for it to be voted down. Um, because unfortunately, there um, there is a conservative majority in our council, which has always backed this plan. Um, but we were heartened by the fact that 19 councillors voted with us. So um, basically anyone who wasn't a conservative voted with us. OK, OK. So this vote that had happened and said that the development would go ahead, um, the, then the next, next step that happened, it was then in the hands of the golf club. 
and they, the members of the golf club, and they've recently had to vote, haven't they? That's right. Um, they actually first voted um, back in uh, 2016. They, um, as part of the borough local plan, the council approached the golf club and asked them to leave the site so that they could zone it for development. Um, and but then over the years, think the, the agreement lapsed. Um, the plan's taken longer because it's so controversial, partly. Mm. Um, and so the council had to renegotiate with the golf club and last week um, they sent they set them new terms um, and they in fact voted to leave Um, they didn't really have a lot of choice because the council threatened to compulsory purchase them out of their lease okay so if they hadn't voted to leave what then what does that actually mean so had they voted to stay um, (coughs) then we uh, basically would have meant that that part of the local plan, that area, would have probably been deemed unsound by the planning inspector. She's looking, still looking at the plan at the moment. She's looking at the uh, results of the consultation from the main modifications. So we're very close to the end of the process. Um, but there's a chance that she would have, have said, You're, you know, that you can't use this land in your plan because it's not available. Okay, because I think I know for me as a as a resident and somebody who doesn't, you know, all the details and all the politics behind it is and also all the articles that have come out about it is that the the golf club members didn't have a choice. They were backed into a corner because what would have happened? What is a compulsory purchase order that the council could have enforced? So I'm not very clear on the exact legal detail, but essentially the council owns the land and it's leased to the golf club. Their lease went, ran until 2039 and uh, the council basically held a gun to the golf, club's, golf club head by saying that if you don't accept this agreement, we're going to compulsory purchase you out of your lease. So they faced costly legal battles um, and they also faced not having the money that they've now accepted to to take from the council, which is almost sixteen million pounds. Oh wow, okay. I mean, are they planning on building a golf course somewhere else with that money? It's a lot of money. I think there's um there's still hope that they could um potentially buy out a club, a local club. Right. Um, I think they've okay. pretty much given up on their hopes they of building have. a new course at Fifield. Okay. So so just going back then to the history of it and the fact that it was so my understanding is that this piece of land was owned by Lord Desborough and was gifted to the people of Maidenhead so the residents and and people and it, and I think as you said you you brought up an important point at the start a lot of awareness has been raised since lockdown because then people could actually I mean, they can walk across the golf course now, but only on a obviously a designated path. But during lockdown, when the club was closed, a lot a lot of people became a lot more aware. Um, in addition to obviously all the campaigning that you've done, and possibly didn't realise that that the the history of that land. How has it gone from being something that was? You sort of explain a bit of the history. Something that was gifted to Maidenhead, but now is actually owned by. The golf club, oh, that, that's the bit I don't get. So it's really quite ironic because in 1953, our council actually purchased the land um, 
and they the reason why they purchased it was to keep it green. That was oh, important. Okay. <laughs> that was important to our council at that point. Right. And they understood the value of open space. And of course, it was a golf club still at that point. And the golf club's been there for 125 years. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it's ironic that now when actually we are facing a climate emergency, we mm. have a council that uh, doesn't understand the value of green space and wildlife habitats. Um, so yeah, so the the it is owned by the land is owned by the council, um, uh, it, and it's leased to to the golf club. Mm. And it's very unusual, isn't it? As you said, at this at the the climate that we're in, the situation that we're in, with so much more awareness about climate change and um, the environment, and it's obviously as. Um, parents we hear about it from our children they're learning about it at school Um, you know all these things they come home with I think we spoke about it when we last chatted about all these ideas to be more sustainable I mean the awareness has massively shifted from even just a decade ago in schools I mean my background's in education and I know it's shifted massively Um, yet we have a council who has voted this way and there's lots of councils around the countries who who are actually they're not going that way they are preserving these green spaces i know it's very hard to understand isn't it um the council's own climate and environment strategy says that green space is really important and explains why it's really important to protect biodiversity uh, we've got species crashing. It's de- that many species have declined by over seventy percent since the nineteen seventies. Mm. So I think pretty much everyone's aware of the fact that um, that we are facing a climate crisis, um, and how we need to preserve wildlife habitats. Um, so it's very strange that the council, on the one hand, can can come publish strategies that um, outline why it is so important to protect green space and wildlife and on the other hand they're ready to sell off our green belt to a developer and take the money and I mean I think that's probably what it all boils down to is that they want the money because the council has large debts unfortunately. Mm. Mm. And I mean you've mentioned about the biodiversity and I've seen um, pictures on Maidenhead Great Park so that's a Facebook group that that people can um, can follow along with and see lots of you know keep up to date with what's happening but I mean there's been a number of posts on there about things you know and and you've you wrote a brilliant blog about the 10 reasons um, and one of them was talking about biodiversity and the threatened species like bats, hedgehogs, kites. I saw some somebody recently posted pictures of the deer on there and also there are other species as well. Yes, we have um, been uh, sent some data from Thames Valley Environmental Centre and it, it lists um, sightings that people have made over the decades Mm. of wildlife that they've seen on the golf course and there are many protected species within that that report and what we want to do is is undertake some more studies um the council frequently says that it's not important uh this land um in terms of biodiversity that's one of the things that they 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 trot out in their defense um but we we um strongly uh, refute that and we in fact I think pretty much anybody that's visited will will back me up in saying that 
it's wildlife rich and 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 there are birds there are bats there are deer as you say um there are hedgehogs uh, there are thousands of trees and many of them oak trees which are one of the most uh, species rich trees mm. so um we what we need to do is um is is undertake some surveys so that we can um explain to the council um further what 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 we are set to lose there um, so that's one of the things that we're planning to do over the course of the of the next two or three years. And also, uh, and already, uh, you know, with this biodiversity in the green space, I mean, already um, in your um, article that you wrote, it's about a third of Braywick Park's green space that has that has been developed on as well in the last five years. Yes, um, anyone who's familiar with the area will know that um, the new leisure centre was built there. So that took up a big proportion of our of our green belt. I mean, uh, the car park took up how much space? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bigger than Cookham Dean, Sam. <laughs> it's, it is enormous. Um, and then there's the new uh, the forest school is there as well. Um, the council there's now talk of the uh, football club moving to Braywick. Um, I think they're making deals with them at the moment. Um, so uh, the basically the, our council continues to erode the green space in mm. Maidenhead. I mean, I think people that live in Oldfield Ward are particularly aware of it because that seems to be where the majority of development is taking place on the green belt. I think, I think, uh, hello everybody, it's uh, Sam here. Um, yeah, I know a lot about that Maidenhead United ground because Peter, the chairman, at, lives in Cook and Demon, who I know, um, and fundamentally again there was a lot of pressure put onto them to to sell that land it's prime land in the center of town the deal that was proposed makes it lucrative for the football club i mean he didn't sell it easily because it's the oldest football ground in the world not, is it really yeah not just england the world so again we're losing part of maidenhead's heritage we're losing part of history um I think you hit it on the nose, uh, Debbie, with with why they're doing this. And I think we've got to be very careful because uh, everyone's passing the buck. What you said was correct. The council's broke. The central government removed so much funding from local councils. And yet, if we see our council tax go up, and it's going to go up... um, we don't see the justification because green spaces are gone, leisure centres are being removed out of central towns, football clubs are being removed. I feel these 10-year plans that councils put forward are absolutely a total waste of time. They will say, they're like manifestos. They say one thing, they never adhere to anything, they'll change them in the wind to suit themselves. And um, they're currently, you know... Uh, we have a politics show with Wisdom Cost, Wisdom De Costa, and you know he's going on and telling everyone about this great new ten-year plan. I'm going; it's a waste of time. You won't be here in ten years to talk about it as a politician, um, because what they are doing is they're saying we need green, we need this, we need that. They don't. the The pressure they get for finances from developers who want to build on it, uh, who won't build on brown land because that's too much like hard work. Um, we'll just go for the lowest hanging fruit, green land. And if the council doesn't stop them, then they're going to rough ride shot. And I think Maidenhead's become such a 
a different town. I was going to say something else, but it's a different town. You know, the 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 high rise blocks that are going in were never there before. You know, and I think we're going to lose. Well, if we haven't already lost the heart of Maidenhead. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, I think. Uh, lots of people are dismayed with the amount of development that's already taken place in our town. And, um, you know, frankly, enough is enough. And uh, the numbers that the council is using to justify the number of new homes that um, it says we need are based on 2012 estimates of objectively assessed need. Um, The newer figures came out in 2018. And in fact, the planning inspector Um, highlighted these figures and it basically halved from around 12,000 to just over 6,000 our need and we've already done it so if the borough local plan covers 2013 to uh, 2033 um, we've already done it Um, Maidenhead's taken the hit um, and I think it's time to stop and, and, and reassess and any further development needs to be focused on brownfield sites. And everybody knows how many of those there are. And it's time for, for the council to, to protect our futures and our community's health and well-being and, and, and look at the opportunities to develop there instead. And as you said, I mean, this assessment has actually been done. It's a formal document that then said in 2018 um, the need which then came down to 6,300, and there's already 6,000 new homes, was actually not needed. So there was no need. (laughs) So how that has been used as an excuse then, or to justify it? I mean, has that whole report been ignored a couple of years ago? So um, the council responded to the inspector's letter on this subject and you can the all these documents are on the council's website underneath the borough local plan okay um and the council responded and they basically said we don't agree with the calculations and anyway we'll take we'll take um we'll we'll build for other boroughs other neighboring boroughs anyway okay and let them keep their green spaces yeah (laughs) just not maidenhead Okay, well let's let's have a song, and when we come back, let's um, let's have a chat about. You've mentioned about the inspector, um, and how that's still that that's still pending, isn't it? So that means there might be a little bit of hope then. Yes. And, and you're holding on to a little bit of hope. I mean, you haven't just said no. That's it. We're gonna, you know. So let's let's have a chat about that when we come back. Let's have a song first. Um, the fight song by Rachel Platten. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This this is River Radio. Ooh. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Sending big waves. Like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match But I can make an explosion And all those things I didn't say
and I'm chasing sleep. Everybody's worried about me. In too deep, say I'm in too deep. It's been two years, I miss my home. But there's a fire burning in my bones. Still believe, yeah, I still believe. And all of those things I didn't say, wrecking balls inside my brain. I was screaming loud tonight. Can you hear? This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove that I'm all right song. My power's turned up. Starting right now, I'll be strong. I'll play my fight song. And I don't really care if nobody else believes. Cause I still got a lot of fight left in me. River Radio School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Debbie Walker, who's been ca- campaigning for Maidenhead Great Park, which is the 132 acres of Greenbelt land leased by Maidenhead Golf Club, which um, our council, RBWM, is planning to build 2,000 new flats and houses um, on on this land and to develop this. So we've been um, chatting to Debbie and we've got Sam Sethi here with us this morning. Um, You're listening uh, to River Radio. You can listen on the Apple app, riverradio.live, on the Google app, or ask Alexa to play River Radio Live, or also our website, river.radio. So, um, Debbie, we've been uh, chatting about the council's vote that had happened and how recently um, it was in the hands of the golf club members, but as you said, they were sort of backed into a bit of a corner there. Um, and we've spoken about the the impact on biodiversity. We've spoken about how Maidenhead actually doesn't need any more homes because the um, OAN, Objectively Assessed Need um, Assessments, based on 2018 figures, says that we've actually already got the number of housing that Maidenhead needs, but they're helping out what local villages to keep their green space but I think basically we know it it all comes down to money yeah I think sadly I think that's right um 
Uh, they're not ho- helping out local villages. I mean, this is one of the one of the things that um, is confusing, I think, to local people is that in the 2019 local elections, the Conservatives um, had in their manifesto that they would protect the Green Belt. So many people would have voted for the Conservatives on that basis. Right. Other, other factors as well, I'm sure. Sorry, Debbie. Most people vote Tory would vote for a pig. They wouldn't care. <laughs> They really wouldn't care. You could put a pig wearing lipstick and call it a Tory and they'd vote Tory. Most people are NIMBYs. They are out for themselves. So you could have put, we'll protect the green belt in that manifest. They wouldn't have read it. There is no way most true blue Tories will vote anyone else but for a blue Tory. And we, I'm afraid we, love we live how in that county. Sam brings a controversy to the show. <laughs> okay. I, I, hope, I hope that in the future, in the next elections, in 2023, that... May, that you know, people will have um, woken up and smelt the coffee when it comes to um, voting for councillors that um, are actually going to look after their their, their interests and their their children's futures. Um, but um, yeah, so so um, actually, um, what the Conservatives have said, and one of the things that they've said in defence of their plan to build on the golf course is that it will enable them to protect other green belt sites. Oh right. Okay. So yeah. So but in other but in areas beyond Maidenhead. No, in or, in, in the borough. Oh the, okay, right, right, right. Okay. So um it's very frustrating uh, to hear them on the one hand uh, acknowledging the importance of green mm. belt and obviously you know, wanting to say the right things in front of their constituents, but uh, on the other hand, they're they're quite happy to to see a big chunk of of Maidenhead's green belt uh, sold, and um, actually the it's it's neighbouring boroughs that they've referred to as as um, wanting to help out in terms of providing housing. Have so they actually listed what they're going to do and protect, as in black and white, or is this because often this is the Boris Johnson defence. Um, I'm going to build 50,000 new hospitals and get 100 million new nurses and I'm going to protect everything. And then, oh, sorry, didn't do that. And it's just too late. And people are naively believing what people say. So if the Tories are saying, oh, yes, well, we'll we'll build here, but we promise to protect in the future other places, I would certainly count my fingers before I got that answer because they've done it too often. And I'm not, I'm not bashing the Tories because they're a Tory party. I'm bashing those politicians because often I think if you could have other hues of politicians, I don't think they're any better. Well, it is a valid question. So, you, so are those other areas then actually listed somewhere? Exactly. Or is it just pie-in-the-sky reference? Sorry, Debbie, I just don't know if you know. That was all. What, the other Greenbelt sites in our borough? That, that they protected? promised to protect, yeah. I don't know... Um, I don't have the list to hand, but I'm, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of green space in our borough. We're lucky, mm, um, mm. and in fact, that's another um, a, a defence that that the, the council have levied that we have got lots of green space. Well, yes, we have, but we haven't got a huge amount left in our town, and uh, I, I think everybody's you know even more aware since COVID um, how important it is to have local green space to explore and 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 the value of that green space in terms of absorbing pollution um absorbing carbon um and that's just going to become increasingly important as as we move on and and as our climate changes and we need to have 
green space in order to um, mitigate against climate change. We need to have places to plant trees, grow food, um, protect biodiversity. Um, so... And you you wrote in your article um, that the you said according to the council's own climate strategy, the Thames Valley region is classed as seriously water stressed. Um, and will there be adequate water supply for the growing number of the Maidenhead residents? And also, then during times of heavy rainfall, my gosh, we've seen this just recently, haven't we? That how the golf course then soaks up large amounts of water, um, and what's going to happen when that? 132 acres isn't there to do that yeah it's very worrying and I I think most people would acknowledge that the Thames Valley is is already overdeveloped um and this plan just just sees a continuation of that trend to carry on building and building and building in the southeast and in the Thames Valley and and surely it's it's not sustainable Mm. um it wouldn't be sustainable even if we thought that everything was going to stay the same in terms of our climate. But we've mm. all seen, as you say, the, the levels of rainfall, the intense storms that we are now experiencing as our, as our atmosphere heats up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, two, it's two-pronged, as you say. It's, it's about absorbing rainfall and it's also about being able to supply water during the drier periods mm. to, to the people. Mm. And, um, I mean... In addition to that, um, you know, you spoke about the carbon capture and absorbing carbon dioxide. And I mean, with this climate strategy, um, there's a a year, isn't there, that's been put in place. Now, has that shifted? Because it, was it 2030 and now it's moved to 2050 or this this net zero carbon? Or is this a case of what Sam had mentioned where the current members that put these things together are kind of figuring that by 2030, what, they might be down in Cornwall or something? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know what accountability there is for these these climate strategies that are written up when it's a long way ahead. Obviously, it's not a long way ahead for our children, which is what our concern is. But, you know, is there any accountability when these this information is put out? I think the, the council's cli- uh, environment and climate strategy was uh, running 20 to 20 to 2025 and it talks about reducing carbon emissions by 50% by 2025. I'm not quite sure how they're going to do that if mm. they continue to um, build and build and build the way that they and are. do the opposite to what we yeah. know needs to happen. To answer your point, there's no accountability. The only accountability is at the ballot box when we vote. Mm. Um, and as I said, I don't think people in this borough, sadly, they'll say words, but when it comes to putting across, their actions speak louder than their words. And I think previous chair and financial officers, Dudley and Saunders, are living. One is living down in Devon, very nicely. I do know that for a fact. And the other one is looking to be an MP. So they've said and waved goodbye to the council, left it in massive debt and and have zero accountability. No one's going to sue them. No one's going to take them to court. They have no issue. So mm. And mm. I think the current incumbents will do exactly the same. So I think the only way we can do it is with people like Debbie raising the awareness of what's going on, trying to make us aware that there's still an opportunity to stop this. 
Um, and you've continued with your with the Facebook group that you have. I mean, that's just continued to build and build and build. I, you know, keep an eye and, you know, even just, um, you know, recent comments on there. People are, are saying, wow, I didn't know this was going to happen or they didn't realize it. And they they live in the area. And then they're asking the questions. How are you going to get the traffic through that area around Braywick Park, which we all know and probably avoid at certain times of the day already for 2,000 extra houses. Yeah, that's one of the big concerns local people have about this development is is what's going to be the impact on local infrastructure. Um, I mean, I'm very worried about that too. Um, I'm more concerned about um, the destruction of the green space. Um, I... I can't and I can't say strongly enough how important it is that we have green space for the future for the for the for our community um and I mean in terms of traffic you know we all we all need to be driving around less and 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 doing more active transport so walking and cycling um and green space is really important when it comes to keeping you know giving people opportunities to to move around um the town more sustainably um and it's also important for wildlife because the more of these patches of green that we destroy the less connections they have so mm. um the wildlife will in a maidenhead will be related to the wildlife in the rest of the borough and places like windsor great park mm. um it's all connected and i would say that that by destroying this patch of green space, we are actually eroding the the quality of all our green spaces mm. because wildlife needs corridors. Um, so and and I mean, I guess if if those other things such as the infrastructure gets people's attention, and then it's an education process, isn't it, about the green the, the green space. So if it's, a, if it's a case of sort of getting more attention out there or, pe- you know, people's worry about the infrastructure um, and then really educating them about, you know, the green space, the wildlife, and then, as you said, the knock-on effect that's going to have if that's not there. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think, I think many people are already very worried about air quality in our town. Mm. Um, this will certainly make it worse, and and you know we ha- we know how damaging it is, and um, how many people suffer from asthma, and this is just going to get worse and worse and worse. So we really need to to be every everything that our our council does needs to be underpinned by environmental concerns, because if you don't have a good environment, you can't have a good community, and you won't have a healthy community. Mm. So. Everything needs to come back to to the, the quality of our, of our environment. So um, the plan that residents have been recently asked to comment on, can you, can you talk to us a bit about that then? Because there's some specific questions in there, isn't there, about... So it's asking the residents... How they want to see Maidenhead and the, and the borough progress, but there's some tricky wording in there, isn't there? Because I know there are a few posts on your site, sort of guiding people, and also that Wisdom, who does the political show here on River Radio, has also put out some videos and some posts. Um, so has that purposely been 
made confusing those questions? When I looked at that corporate <laughs> plan, I mean, the consultation's now closed on that. Um, oh, right. OK. Um, but when I first looked at it, I, I couldn't believe it. It's so leading. The way the questions are asked, it's so... It's almost as if they've, they've crafted them just so that they can come back and say that everybody is, you know, is desperate for, for the town to be developed. Mm. It's, it focuses entirely on business development and profit. Mm. And there's very little mention of the environment. Well, I think most people acknowledge now that there's, there's, there's no point in having business and development if you don't have a future. So the environment has to underpin all the decisions that are made. Mm. And also for the people who have gone to the effort to actually complete that, so I did that, I used information that you had, I also did watch Wisdom's videos which I think had maybe gone out maybe a couple of days before then the, the, the closing date the closing date were, but... Um, but I know, Debbie, you had raised the awareness of that to say, look out for these particular questions because they are, they are misleading. Yes, and the, um, the, um, uh, the Climate Coalition, they were very concerned, and that's, what, that's where uh, which um, Wisdom's part of. They were extremely concerned by it. And, um, yeah, so there was lots of guidance issued from them. Okay. Okay, so but it's just a, it's an, another way of complicating the process, and as you said, producing I guess an outcome or results in that that are all to justify what's what's basically going to happen. So, um, can you explain about the planning inspector? So you've you've put some information on Maidenhead Great Park Facebook's page about um, what the role of the planning inspector in terms of the next step or the development, if you like? So the, um, the consultation on the main modifications to the borough local plan um, has closed and all the comments are now with the planning inspector, Louise Phillips. Once she's gone through those, um, she will then go back to the council and at some point soon they will have the opportunity to take the plan to full council to ratify it. So um, we don't know the date of that yet, um, but we feel there's a, there's a chance that, um, that councillors could vote it down. So we would like to urge people who are concerned about this development to write to their local councillor to ask them to vote, to vote down the borough local plan it's fundamentally unsound because of the development of the green belt. Okay, so writing to the councillor, and then, but also writing to the inspector, or that's too late now. That that boat has passed, has it? The planning inspector, or is that if is that still? You said that st- is still underway. Her assessment of that, or the responses? She's looking at the responses, but the the window's closed for consultation. Yeah. Um, so no. Not, uh, it's it's writing to your local ward councillor and we've got information on our, our website about um, which councillors voted with us um, okay. voted to keep the space green back in March um, so you can see whether your councillor voted to keep it green or not and, um, in, and I would you know strongly urge anybody who is concerned about this development to contact their local councillor and ask them to vote against the borough local plan on the basis of it being unsound. 
Okay. All right. Well, let's have a song. Who says Selena Gomez? And when we come back then, um, let's just talk about that a little bit more then, next steps, because I know there's a lot of people who... um, like myself, we're, we're not politicians. Um, I know wisdom has got a beautiful way of explaining it, but it went a little bit over my head. Um, so for, for in layman's terms, you know, what we can do, what we can do as the next step, and also just to chat in terms of other things that you're going to be doing um, in the coming months. Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Wokingham, Henley, Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. You're the only 
Welcome back to River Radio and School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And I've been chatting with Debbie Walker from Maidenhead Great Park. And Sam Sethi's here also from River Radio. And we've been chatting um, about the plans to build over 2,000 new flats and houses on the 132 acres of Greenbelt land leased by Maidenhead Golf Club. Um, at a time when there's communities um, around the globe who are valuing their green space more than ever. Um, All this information is on um, Maidenhead Great Park. Uh, There's a Facebook group, Debbie, isn't there? Can you tell us about the groups and then also the website where people can get more information? Yes, that's right. So we've got a Facebook group, Maidenhead Great Park. So we've got over 2,000 members of that group now. Um, And we've also got a Facebook page, um, Maidenhead Great Park, and we also have a website, maidenheadgreatpark.co.uk, and that's where we post all our blogs. Brilliant. And um, so what can, so for people that are listening, for um, residents, even if you're, you're not a resident of Maidenhead and you live in the borough and this really concerns you, I mean, the um, there was a video that you posted up, wasn't there, recently? And we've also put it's on River Radio's uh, Facebook page, um, which just, I mean, that just blew me away. That video. Can you tell us a bit about the video that was taken? Yeah, so um, that was um, a member of our group um, who's also a golf club member, actually. Um, and it, we thought it was important to to show people what's there because I think you mentioned earlier, Rachel, that. It's amazing how many people who live in Maidenhead still maybe haven't visited, um, haven't walked across the footpath um, and don't understand, you know, the level of, of, of beauty that's there and the woodlands um, and, and the wildlife. And so we wanted to, to show people and, and the aerial footage, I think, does that really well. Mm. Mm. If, if if you haven't seen it, it's really worth um, taking a look at because I think it does you then realise exactly what is about to be destroyed. And you can imagine looking down on that green space with just bricks and buildings. And I'm sure there's a little bit of green space that will be kept, but it's just um, really incredibly sad, isn't it? That in our lifetime and in a situation where we're in this climate emergency where our children are sharing information with us that this is going to go ahead so um, you've spoken about how people can um, the best thing to do is to contact their counsellors and then you said that there's some information available where people can actually see which way their counsellor voted is that on your website that's right. Yeah, okay. there's, there's a blog on there that um, okay. that talks about um, when we took the petition to the council, it, it it reports on on which way people voted. Okay. If your if if your local councillor did vote for keeping um, the Maidenhead Great Park, is it still worth writing to them? Just ex- infor- expressing, you know, your concerns still, or are we trying to target the people who actually voted against? I think it's important to write regardless, but mm. uh, but if, if your councillor voted to, to keep the space green, then you can, can write and say that you know that they did that and that you're, hope, you're counting on them at this next crucial juncture in, in the campaign and the fight. Um, and then if they voted against it, well, um, they may need a little bit more ex- information um, to explain to them why it is, it is so damaging um, and perhaps draw attention to them, their own 
their own environment and climate strategy and, and quote from there. And we've got lots of information on our blog about that. Um, but, I, you know, I, I really think that um, there, there perhaps is a chance that some of those those councillors could could you know could come back and and have, have the chance to to undo this this damaging plan i think all you need to do is tell those 21 tory councillors that you won't be voting for them that's all they need because then they'll suddenly change their opinion power is basically what they want and basically if you take their power away they will change their opinion so i'd simply write to them and say we're not going to vote for you next time uh, you'll see them suddenly get into action. And I think we only need a swing of two or three seats to change the balance. So mm. it's not all 21 Tory councillors. And I think, I don't know how they sleep at night. I really don't. I mean, I know they've been whipped into this position, but how do you guys sleep at night knowing that you're destroying the town already from your previous incarnations and you're continuing to do that for greed and money and business and that your grandchildren will look back and ask you, Granddad, Grandma, mm. what did you do to protect our town? Mm. And the answer is they'll do say, we didn't do anything. And that's the problem. And so, yeah, vote them out is the best way. And when is this, um, did you say there wasn't a date on that in terms of when the next vote is? That w- How long do we have to write to our councillor before it goes to the next step? I think we've probably got at least until their November meeting, which is on the 23rd of November. Okay. Um, And we are going to um, be asking people to um, attend some events and we'll have some other campaigns that we're we're asking people to follow because we want to do these ecology surveys, so we need to do some fundraising for those. Okay. Um, So there's going to be lots of opportunities to to support the campaign over over the coming months. And the fact that we have until the end of 2025 is, is, I think, on our side. And uh, it, it has it has put off the the arrival of the bulldozers by a couple of years. Um, that's the latest agreement with the golf course is that they 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 finish up playing at the end of 2025. So, um, going back to what Sam was saying, I mean, I I often think when I walk across the footpath of the golf course, I often think, would those councillors that have voted to do to destroy this space would they be happy to stand by and physically watch those buildings mm. moving in yeah I, I just can't imagine how anybody oh. would could yeah. could actually think it's a good idea and i think that maybe they they disassociate themselves from it somehow and they don't they, and they don't understand what they're destroying had you said to me when we chatted previously um i'm just thinking i, th- I think i didn't we have a chat i'd asked you about had they been presented with the information did you say that there had been an opportunity or i mean they must realize this mustn't they as you said or have they just detached well i i mean i I'm not sure whether Andrew Johnson's ever actually visited the the golf course. I mean, I have asked him on a number of times to come and see it for himself, but who knows? Um, I, I doubt he's ever been. He's very new to the area. Um, he's been our lead, the council leader since I think the beginning of 2020, um, and he's not local. Um, he's he's his ward is is Hurley and the Walthams. Um, so um, I, I imagine he, he knows that area a little bit better, but I, I don't know if he's ever even visited the golf course. Mm. I wonder if they were closing the White Waltham Golf Club, what he'd say. Mm. <laughs> Andrew, if you're listening, you're more than welcome to come on to River Radio, onto this show or to one of our politics show, 
and give your opinion. And look, we want a balanced opinion here, so we will leave a mic at any time you like, open and available for you to come on and maybe even answer questions from listeners who will happily ring in and ask you questions. So maybe don't hide behind your political robe and maybe come out and meet the people and tell us what your thoughts are. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe you've got a brilliant answer that we haven't thought about that you know that is the answer to why you're bulldozing over a prime area of green space. But hey, if you've got the answer, come on the mic, tell the people or they'll vote you out next time. Well, we said, I think Debbie and I were saying last time we were chatting about what about getting some school, you know, school kids on, you know, who are just yeah. they're so aware, aren't they, as school children of the environment and what we're doing. You know, they come home and, and tell us what we should be doing is, you know, and uh, yeah, kind of line them up these councillors that voted and 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 get them to actually answer questions from school kids i tell you who i want to invite to the borough is swampy get him to live in a tree somewhere or, or build a hole on the golf course and just bury himself into it that's what we need where's swampy when you need him oh and so debbie you've mentioned that you're going to be doing some other campaigning or events can you tell us about any of those or some in the next in the coming months yeah, so we're we're looking at um, at getting people together um, at future council meetings to 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 stand outside the council building and and explain to our councillors why why we think this is such a bad idea. So we'll be we'll be putting out the call through our uh, Facebook page and our Facebook group, asking people to attend those demonstrations okay great and I know we were chatting um, when we last spoke about this we were chatting about um, I can't remember exactly where it was North Oxford I think it was where we were ch- I was saying to you about a campaign that I had just read about where the, what they had done in the high street was they'd created this beautiful garden with flowers and plants and literally just asked passers-by to pick up a brick and to drop it onto these plants and shrubs and everything and the response from the public in doing that and just actually getting them to realize what is happening to their green spaces um yeah yeah so powerful and it goes back again to the point point made by sam is that how 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 could anybody actually think in reality it's a good idea and and by by 2026 We'll, we'll know even more, um, you know, what, what we're facing. And, um, and I, I really hope that it's illegal by then mm. to, to destroy Greenbelt and green space. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll have more enlightened administration and whatever deals they strike or have struck already with developers in the meantime will be outlawed. Um, Absolutely. But- Absolutely. Well, um, we've, we've, we're almost out of time. Thank you so much, Debbie, for coming in, chatting to us about this, um, sort of enlightening us and giving us a bit more information. Um, so, so Debbie is from Maidenhead Great Park. Um, they have a Facebook, couple of Facebook uh, pages and a website, maidenheadgreatpark.com. Code.uk. So you can go and have a look, look on there. Um, Debbie's written some really informative blogs on there as well. You can go and have a look and see how your councillor voted. Um, 
do write to your councillor, particularly if they voted um, against. Um, against or for? If I got my against and fours confused. If they voted against our RM petition, which was to save to keep save, the green. okay. And um, you can listen again on River Radio or through Apple Podcast River Radio School of Parenting, and um, and I believe our. Um, tech head I call him Sam sorry um is going to put uh, uh post up the link as well to our show as well I am yeah so into the both your Facebook page and your Facebook group I'm going to put a link to the show uh and so everyone can come re-listen to this show if they want to Thank you so much. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your um, time, Debbie. And um, next week on the show, we have got um, Ellen Ludlow from Berkshire Life Coaching talking time management tips for busy mums. Yes, we've heard lots of those tips before, but the one that um, I think I think we, we're really going to be interested in is that one where we think we're giving our children our full attention, but really we're not. <laughs> There's a single line that, as all parents, you should uh, try. And someone told me at once, children want your presence and not your presence. Um, yes, yes, absolutely true. And and how? And I think we can all we can all think of those examples where we actually think we're giving them attention, but we're doing something else, or we're just having a quick look at the screen, or yes, yes. So we're going. Can I just to say, be... men are not so guilty because we can't multitask. Well, yeah, no comment there. <laughs> Okay, so you've been listening to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, my guest, Debbie Walker from Maidenhead Great Park, Sam Sethi, and let's finish what hopefully is going to be a wonderful world um, with James Morrison. And we will see you next week. And they know they can tell something is wrong, like I don't belong. Through a window, standing outside, they're just too happy to care tonight. Wanna be like them, but I'll mess it up again. I tripped on my way in, got kicked outside. Everybody is so. So full of love, it just comes spilling out It's uncomfortable to see I give it away so easily But if I had someone, I would do anything And never, never, never